the sound of sensation across the nation. Listen to Radio Goodies. Boom. I'm Dave. I'm Rob. I'm Richard. And I'm Mark. And this is the Goodies Pirate Podcast, episode 25, looking at that old black magic, also known as black magic or which witch is which. First broadcast on the 25th of February, 1973, a Sunday at 8.15pm. Mark, thank you for joining us again. Thanks, guys. What did you think of that old black magic? I could sense the audience didn't get much out of it this episode, and I'm afraid I didn't get much out of this episode either. It's interesting you say that. I really enjoyed this episode. This is perhaps my favourite of season three, although next week's might knock it off. Mm. I think there's a lot of really funny stuff in here, let down by one huge flaw right in the middle. We'll get to that later. But overall, I think that I really enjoyed it, um, particularly the first half. Rob, where do you stand? I enjoyed it enough. There's enough going on there, uh, particularly in the middle stretch, to have me chuckling along. I also have a major problem with part of the episode, and I'm sure we'll come back to that later. And Richard? I enjoyed it. It's certainly better than the last couple of weeks worth. It's a Graham episode. Yes. Which I think helps it a lot. Yeah. That's Uh, always a good thing when it's a Graham episode. It is, is. yeah. So we open up, and this actually alludes to a point that you made, Mark, when you were last on our show a couple of weeks ago, how... Tim had just inherited a large fortune from his great-uncle Butcher. <laughs> Yet, two weeks later, they start off completely out of work <laughs> and impoverished. two months and they're completely broke. Yeah. So financial planning is not part of their remit. <laughs> no. Well, Tim probably spent it all on a portrait of the Queen or something. Yes, exactly. They probably went on the boat they used for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but they do open completely out of work, desperate. Mm. And then this is the first example in a little while of them being hired by an individual to do something for them. Yes. So we're, of course, talking about Patricia Hayes as Witch Hazel. The audience very clearly don't know what to make of her and her performance because when she comes in and she's cackling and laughing and whatever, they really just don't react at all. They obviously just don't really know how to react, perhaps, or, or just what, what's going on here. Or just don't find it funny. I, I think you're right. With the benefit of hindsight and knowing what to expect, I find it a very funny performance. It's wonderfully over the top. It's wonderfully silly. But you're right, I think for the audience seeing it the first time, it just comes out of nowhere. And it is very over the top. It is very silly. And I don't think it quite resonates with the audience as much. But I think it, it, it has aged well. Rob, what do you think? I, I personally think it's too over the top. Okay. I think she goes a bit too far and it sort of drowns out everything else around her. And I, as you was saying, as the boys were saying, I think the audience doesn't really know what to make of this cackling hyena, I think they call her at one point, so yeah. It's interesting, because Patricia Hayes, OBE, is somebody who's got a lot of very good credits in the genre, and quite a decent history. She's in Benny Hill and did quite a lot of stuff there. She was in an episode of Cat Weasel, which I suspect a lot of people who were listening to this will remember. Yeah. She was in, I was surprised to see this, The Neverending Story. But the point is, Patricia Hayes clearly got an extensive body of work, very well qualified, although I think when we were discussing this before, Mark, you made the point off air, never really in a leading role. The last episode I watched The Goodies was uh, Gender and Education, and Beryl Reid was in that, and she, I remember when I used to live in the UK, had a much more higher profile, and also got a lot more laughs than what uh, Patricia Hayes actually did as well. So I just think that scene where she's laughing and the boys are laughing with her just went for way too long. 
Okay. Well, nevertheless, they set up that she's a witch who is not very good at her, in quotation marks, job. Mm. And they've hired the goodies to put her in touch with the lost souls of the other side. Yes, which and, leads, and not small furry animals. And not small furry animals. That leads them into, well, somehow she decides that Graham has got the power and he's the mystic person sent to save her and all the rest of it. I find it really interesting that going into the next sequence where they've obviously agreed to take on the work they need the money and they're going to fix it somehow, Graham really, really doesn't want to be part of it, does he? Mm. And seeing Graham Garden doing that, not not petulant, but almost petulant, I don't want to do this, I'm not like this. He's sitting in the chair, turned away from him, he's like, no, no, I don't. Did anybody else find that really quite strange? I didn't pick on it as much, but now that you've pointed it out. I suppose if you're, if you're being true to the characters, he's a doctor, he's a rationalist, he's a scientist. So the, the, whole, supernatural, the whole spirit world thing is, yeah. a, is a load of nonsense. Why am I being involved in this, perhaps? Okay, I didn't take it that yeah, way. But yeah, that's that's so that was my read on yeah. too. But okay, that's a good way to look at it. Bill also gets a little bit of a Tommy Cooper impression there by putting a pop plant on his head. Yes. And they then get into the sound sequence. Guys, I really like the sound sequence. I think it's very funny. There's lots of gags. Any, of course, with Grand Garden can do a lot of impressions. Yes. yes. Others? I agree. It was actually fairly amusing. Uh, my opinion, the impressions were, were spot on. Bill actually says in the episode that he's rather good, isn't he? Yeah, well, the impression's probably the high point of it. Yeah. I, I mean, it was interesting to watch because they, they sort of go through and they obviously decide they're going to fake it. Mm. And, and there is, probably not by that time, but the Victorian England was, was heavily into the spirit world and the world just out of reach. And there were whole industries set up around seances and faking seances, and there was all these equipment, and they had people hidden under the table. Mm. They had rubber hands that would disappear, and then they'd squeeze a bulb in the hand and start moving, or they'd, be, they'd rap on the table. So it was a bit reminiscent of, of that, because I, I have done a bit of reading about that, how they used to fake a lot of that sort of stuff, and it was quite reminiscent of that, even to the point where they make the whole play of Bill leaving the room. Bye-bye, <laughs> Bill! Bye-bye! <laughs> <laughs> Time to put the cat out! <laughs> Give my love to Tiddles, Bill! <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that. I, I like the whole putting him under and Bill, oh, yes, you are. Whack. <laughs> and we, uh, the impressions that Graham does, there's uh, Eamon Andrews. Yes, the host of This Is Your Life, is yeah, that right? Walter Gabriel from The Archers. And yeah, of course, no, that, that's, that's one I must admit I didn't get, so thank you for, thank you for, okay. uh, thank you for enlightening me on that one. That's right, I think it is. And also, Eddie Waring, you guys mentioned, is a rugby commentator. But I also remember him from uh, It's a Knockout. Yes. Right. Yeah. What was he? Is he the host or was he the, nah, the sidekick? No, he was one of the sidekicks, one of the side commentators. He would never be a host. You could never understand him. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, sorry, it's a knockout. But yeah, fairly amusing sequence, I thought. Yeah, I think it's a really good sequence. And it obviously leads into the episode where Graham decides that he has got the power. <laughs> 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 I mean, this episode reminded me, around that time in the, late, in the early 70s, there's a lot of witchcraft... Black uh, magic. Black magic. Well, it was, yeah. was obviously really topical at the time because yeah. they make the point several times that it's stuff that's been splashed over the Sunday papers. You know, mm. Yeah. Uh, witchcraft in suburbia. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting that in the UK in the 70s, uh, the tabloids were all over it. And I don't know, obviously, they don't think they were taking it too seriously. But if you fast forward 10 years into America, there was the so called oh. satanic panic where it was taken completely seriously to the point where lives were ruined of innocent people who were 
targeted as being Satanists and child sacrifice killers and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and then I was about to say, and then you sort of lead into the whole Dungeons and Dragons thing. Yes. And the music of uh, ACDC yes. and Wasp and... Big yes. Purple, wasn't it? And, and don't forget, even out here in 1980, the whole Azaria Chamberlain murder mm. was also tied up with that concept That's of right. satanic rituals and everything. Yeah. So it was definitely in the culture right across the Western world for yeah. in mm. the 70s. The goodies, of course, do a very goodies-esque take on the whole thing. And again, I like the sequence where they get back from the movies and there's just <laughs> yeah. stuff like tomato sauce on the well, floor, a small model toad. They go and watch, you know, Tranquilla's entrails. It just pans down you to see Graham's hand. That was really funny. But yeah, it's actually that little sequence there. I mean, sometimes the camera is just... It points at, at what's going on and just sort of follows it around. But a little bit of care appears to have been taken with that. So... You know, Graham appears out of the corner of the screen, he's yeah. his hand in his face, and it's, it's nicely lit. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and then the camera workers, they get back into the room and highlights the various things. Mm. I, I agree, Robert. It does seem as though the director on this one's taken a little bit of extra care, yeah. rather than just the point and shoot you get on a lot of them. And it does pay off because of that. Now, we do get one of those sort of goodies problems where, although Tim and Bill and the witch have only been at the movies for a couple of hours... Graham's had time to go off, set up a cult, get his photo in the paper, uh, <laughs> advertise. You know, the, the, the timelines don't gel, but but then again, the timelines don't gel. The Empire Strikes Back, and that's a great movie. So, <laughs> if the Empire Strikes Back can flash the timelines, so can the goodies. Yeah, but it, look, it moves the story along. They do mention the paper, the News of the Sun. Yes, yes. So obviously, a nice little blend of a couple of. Does the sun still exist? Because News of the World does. No, the sun does exist. The sun does exist, yeah. yeah. The sun does, but not News of the yeah. World. You know, it's like Jemima from Play School. I thought... Yeah, it was yes. Jemima doll. It was yes, Jemima was. doll, yes. Uh, from Play School. I, I know. Oh, dolly! Look what he's done! Oh, dolly! dolly. Uh, it's part of the items of sacrifice. Mm. Mm. As I said, very weird, very goodies-esque. Mm. They then get to follow... Graham, and interestingly here, oh, the other reason... Saying, you know it's Tim who's got a dolly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I was just going to make the point, the only reason they go and follow Graham and have any care in this is because he's wearing the goodies t-shirt in the photo yes. and he's going to do their brand some damage. <laughs> they, they actually don't care that Graham's doing all this, this witchcraft stuff. No. They just don't want him to be in the paper. It's so. all about brand management, really. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. Bill and Tim follow him to the park yeah. and then you see them all dancing and, and writhing around in their underwear and the reporter friend taking notes of the, the photographer <laughs> sitting there and then of course they go on a knees up Mother Brown <laughs> yeah they go into a cockney dance <laughs> <laughs> and I think they're making the point here about just how overtly set up this was just for free publicity yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it was basically staged for the papers yeah. yeah 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 and even the music in the background I, I was quite hammer-esque you know, the, the violence like, like that. Was it Blood of Raven's Claw? Blood of Satan's Claw? Yeah, that one. Blood of Satan's Claw, yeah. And we've, of course, learned that Graham's plan is to bring forth the devil. The dark one. The dark one. Yeah. And they go forward and... With a frozen chalk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, that, that, that to me was a wonderful gag, having the frozen chalk there. Tim and Bill decide they need to inveigle their way into Graham's little lair, and they do mm. so by... Replied to his Virgin's Wanted ad. Yes. Yeah. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. <laughs> yeah, you see, all the way through this, there's just these lots of little nice gags that I really yeah. appreciate. There's something about Tim and Bill dressed up in just terrible drag. <laughs> like, just 
It's another excuse for them to drag up again. Yeah. But it's, it's barely drag, it's just yeah. a really bland white smock <laughs> uh, with, uh, the cheap, blonde wigs. with the yeah, cheapest exactly. blonde wigs you could find. It looks like bad Eurovision uh, entrance, really. Yeah, I don't know whether that was meant to be the, the case or they just said, you know what, we've spent so much money on everything else, you, you know, you can have a smock mm. and a very yeah. cheap wig. Did the ABC edit the word uh, virgins out of it? They, they cut, and I guess we'll get to that in a minute, but they come in and they say they're virgins. The bit the ABC cut is where they're talking about are you sure you're a virgin? Yes, sir, he says, but he's got a beard. That's why he's still a virgin. Ah, that okay, bit was cut. Okay. So this leads us, guys, into a sequence that, to me, is the one big letdown of the whole episode, which is a problem because it's basically meant to be the big payoff for the whole episode, which is like the kind of idea of Graham summoning the devil. So I sort of read the payoff really as being Graham becoming the given, because that leads into the whole second second sequence. But, but, but you've built up, so you've had from... Graham discovering he's got the power, building up his cult, building yeah. towards his sacrifice, getting the virgins, and there's meant to be this big build-up, he's going to summon the devil. And all it is is a funny voice doing a chat show, not even on screen. Now, I think we're... Well, sorry, we're comfortable now that it is David Frost they're meant to be doing. Well, I'm yes. assuming that's I, meant to be David Frost. No, yes. well, well, no, because I've, I've checked. If you listen to the, the music in the background, yeah. it's the David Frost theme. Is and it? I, okay. yeah. After you noticed it was David, I thought, yes, it's David Frost. Yeah. The right. TBT's overdubbing was quite amusing. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, that, well, you see... Oh, that was Bill. I thought it was TBT. Yeah, I thought it was Tim. I thought it was TBT. So, I, I guess the point is, if you're going to do a big joke where the payoff is the devil is really David Frost, mm -hmm. first of all, a lot of us are sitting there going, hang on, who is this? We're not even sure which goodie it is. But there's, there's, no, it's just a voice off screen. Yeah. And for me, it didn't pay off at all and the audience didn't pay off at to at all so all the build up of what Graham's doing I thought completely fell and flopped there and then the whole thing of him being turned back is evil spirit go away come again another day and it's just a simple line and he's gone yes they then get back to the Gibbon sequence which is really funny yes and builds the laughs back up again mm. but for me having enjoyed all the stuff beforehand enjoying all the stuff in the final act I thought this bit here just felt completely flat and really undermined the rest of the episode, which is a shame because I really enjoy it. Hmm. But Mark, you thought it was okay? I thought it was all right. I mean, I've got the David Frost reference, but I think if you're watching it these days, people... Yeah, so it's funny, so I didn't really think it was David the climax episode because it's all over so quickly because they sort of, he comes in, uh, it's a great dark one, and then the witch comes in and says, go away, and off he goes, and then they go to the last probably 10 minutes of the episode. How hmm. does the audience react to David Frost? They don't really. They don't get it. There's a couple of people who shriek with laughter. Yeah. Like there's, there's obviously one person in the episode who thinks it's hilarious because they actually, whoa! Mm. Or something like that. But, but yeah, yeah, the rest of them it falls yeah. really flat. Yeah. Because I think had either David Frost himself or someone yes. dressed as him yes. come on, that would have paid off really well. Mm. But because it is, as you say, an, an unsure goodie. It's a pastiche, it, isn't it? It, yeah. Yeah. it feels very generic as to, I didn't know that it was David Frost. And given the voice that they put on, I wouldn't have assumed that it was David Frost. It's not the best David Frost impression. No, so no. I think that's why they lose the audience at that point. Yeah. Look, I agree with what you're saying, Dave, about they built up and they built up and then it just falls flat. I don't know whether we're... You, do we lean too much on the show being able to build up and build up and build up and then give us a, a sufficient enough payoff? Or do we just think it's a series of escalating gags and they just move on to the next one, which is the given sequence? Well, that's much where right sort of was. I mean, look, I get, I get the whole thing. He's trying to summon the devil or the Great Dark One or Lord of Darkness, whatever it is they call him. But I must admit, I really viewed that just as a setup to go into the film sequence for Graham to become the given. Mm. Oh, fair enough. Like I say, it, it, it doesn't destroy the episode format. I think everything else is no. great. I've really enjoyed it. To me, that was just a real letdown, though. But 
it does lead into the Gibbon sequence. Did anybody here not love the Gibbon sequence? I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I it, it was is. Really, 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 really well done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was watching him obviously being the Gibbon, and I just thought, he's squatting so low. Yes, walking is, his glutes must be killing for him. A man, <laughs> yeah, for a man, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, his knees and, his and the knees physicality and on it, just, yeah, it was great. No, you can't tell that. I mean, he puts everything into it. Yeah, and it's, it, it's, it's just natural. And, and it's not even like he's actually got to sit and be the Gibbon. He's yeah. actually, particularly the scene when they're going around the rocks, he's got yeah. to go right at the back and come back down again. Which is very, um, that, that whole sequence with the rocks, because I mean, there's always that thing about the goodies with sort of Tom and Jerry live action. That's straight, very Tom and Jerry, that thing, you know, the magic rock, they roll the rock away and yeah. it's there and they put it back and suddenly it comes out yeah. from behind it again. And even Graham going over the cars. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, again, they're doing those stuff yep. without any no. safety around at no, all. No, that's right. And that's the monkey and the grinder was hilarious as well. That, that, I must yeah. that, I, that was probably my, the high point of the yeah. sequence for me. It was a bit where sitting on the car bonnet being, yeah. being the organ grinder's monkey. Yeah. <laughs> I did also enjoy the banana skin bit, and we talked about the physicality yes. of Graham. Mm. Him being chased, just the, the, the flowing themselves yeah. to the floor. Yeah, yeah. Go over the others. Yeah. Just looking at, that was Tim, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. He slips very convincingly. He does yes. on those banana peels. Is he just running along and just collapsing? Is that what it looks like? Because it looks like his foot is actually slipping out. He's going yeah. head first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he's just throwing himself into it and yeah. sped up as well. It looks yeah. really it looks effective. Very effective, but very painful. Yeah. It does, and, and it's interesting, a couple of weeks ago when we were recording the Hunting Pig episode, Rob, we had a discussion about whether some of these sequences were getting a little bit stilted. Mm. But I think this is an example of where they've got a really good idea. Yeah. It pays off brilliantly. If you've got a central, something that you can sort of gather around, which is a grand performance, then everything else sort of flows nicely, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think the song really helps it too. Yes, yeah, I was about to say yeah. that. Uh, the song, I think, really complements it as well, because it's not a generic run song or whatever. Or it needed. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're right. It's a really funny song, and it really works well. The whole thing just ties together for a brilliant sequence. Mm. Yes, yeah. And and I thought the ending actually pays off. I think we've said a number of episodes that sometimes they don't quite know how to go out, but I thought this one it was okay. Mm. I thought it was slightly predictable. Yeah, I think okay. that was a problem. Well, even if it is slightly predictable, it ties it up nicely. I think. With, oh, well, I mean, we were set up earlier that she's a terrible witch and she can't get her spells right. Yeah, and uh, I, I think I'm expecting another big. Wow, at the end of it, and it just sort of just peters out a bit. But, but I suppose it's no different from a lot of sitcoms where they just sort of go out on the. They have the really the big joke a couple of minutes before the yeah. end, and then and then you have the little final scene where they just come back and there's a there's a slightly mild joke yeah. just well, to go out. And you see that in drama, drama yeah. peaks and, and drops and peaks and drops and peaks, and then at the end you have that coda. And, and at least in this one, the final joke comes very naturally out of the story, mm. compared to something like dare I say, farm fresh food, where the final joke just comes out yeah, absolutely nowhere. nowhere. Hmm. It, it, it does come naturally, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. We've been really positive about this episode. A couple of you weren't so positive at the start. But then of our discussion, are we all more in love with this episode? I actually, now talking about it, I think if Patricia Hayes wasn't in it, or mm. a different guest, I think I'd probably rate this a lot higher. Yeah, but just talking about to think the, the given sequence saves it for me. She didn't really overshadow the episode or anything for me because she's not really in it a lot. She's in it obviously the first scene and then she's in the sales. Mm. She comes in and then breaks up the, the Graham's cover. But the, the main probably drive of the episode, she, I mean, unless I did, she's not in the given sequence at all. So I, I, in, in talking it out amongst you three um, does for me, I have a more positive attitude towards it, mm. which goes to show, I suppose, that this is a sort of show that you could sit down with friends and watch and have a good laugh. But if you're sort of in your, you know, watching it by yourself and making notes, 
you sort of lose a little bit of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. Um, yeah. There, I just come back to there being a lot of really funny sequences that mm. I really enjoy. As I say, I've got one really brief bit in the middle, or about two thirds in. But other than that, I'm laughing the whole way through, mm. and so I, I really enjoyed it. Gentlemen, we'll get to our regular segments. Once again, there are no ads, which no, is a shame. Right. But we have a number of goodies, first and tropes. I've in fact listed seven goodies wow. tropes. Wow. Okay. Uh, do, you want, do you want me to just go through my list? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've got mention of Looney. Yep, yep. yep. several times actually. Mm. Yep. The recurrence of the use of the gibbon. Yep. Yep. Which is a trope not so much for the goodies, but for them going right back to, I'm sorry, I'll read that again in some of their other work where they yeah, used to make a lot of Gibbon jokes. Sorry, it would be second mention of Gibbon, I think, in the series. I believe so, yes. From, the first uh, being in Radio, radio Goodies, yep. yep. The Lament music, the Sound Lament music being played. Hearts uh, and Flowers. Hearts yep. and Flowers, yep. There's a Tony Blackburn gag. Yes, there's yes. Please take Tony Blackburn. Yep. yep. There's a zookeeper gag. Oh, I wanted to be a zookeeper. That's right. Which actually, I think somebody mentioned Tim actually points out they all say that yeah. <laughs> uh, it is the first I think Eddie Waring impression we get which would become a staple trope for Graham over the rest of the series mm-hmm. and Graham Gunn gets to do his uh, bat attacking the neck yes so we're now we're now halfway through the third series and it's interesting now that there are so many recognisable tropes of the show that we can make a list like that but none of them for me felt forced but, you know, the Tony Blackburn gag was very naturally flow out of there. The zookeeper gag flew out of the story. I thought yeah. they all worked really well. I, I had a couple of others. I mean, at the start, Bill's still got his lemon sherbet when yeah. he's sitting there in his, yeah. bean, when he's sitting there in his bean bag at the start. No side effects. Uh, it's also the, well, it's actually the second Bogner joke, I think, oh, okay. that they make. Because like, Bogner is somewhere that they come back to. Uh, obviously, it's being, well, this one, it's the land of the living dead. And, and Bill says, oh, we're not going to Bogner. <laughs> Bogner is where the training shed is in the Winter Olympics. That's right, yes. It, it does become a bit of a recurring theme, I think, for them. Mm, good pick. Gentlemen, what couldn't they get away with today? Oh, yes. well, yes. Yes. Oh, the blackface, black the, the Al Jolson uh, yeah. mask. Yeah. Yes. The dead cat that uh, Patricia Hayes has had in her hand as well. Uh, did anybody notice that? Yeah, in her bag at the start. Yeah, that was a bit freaky. We, we talked about previously about the fact that calling people the loony. Mm. Yes. I, I think that's very savage. There were four cuts here, just, I, I guess, to, to stuff you couldn't do. And some of them are a bit feeble now. I mean, there, there's a bit with Graham, he comes in at the start, and he says, I'm knackered. That line was cut here. Oh. There's a bit where they look at the, the book, um, the yeah. actual bit where they see the nude lady, yeah. and they make um, the bun in the coven joke, yeah. that, that's cut. Yeah. There's the scene of the first bit of the witches where they're in their underwear, that's quite heavily trimmed. The bit where they do knees up by the brownies in the in the ABC version of the episode, but the first bit where they they just sort of doing the, the more yeah. writhing around that that was edited, and then the bit we talked about earlier where, where, where the virgins mm. uh, there was a small trim to that. The ABC protecting our minds. Yeah, that's right. Fair enough. What were our favourite gags? I like the what it goes, turn black, been in a coven too long. That was uh, a <laughs> yeah, Lost right. Souls on the other side, hello Thames Television Play. Yes, yeah, that, that was, was, yeah, that yeah, was, that was yeah. mine. That was real, that was, that was mine. Good. That was yeah. good. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, but since you've taken that, I'll pick, look, I could almost pick anything from the seance segment, but probably Bill hitting Graham over the head. Oh, yes you are. Yeah, bang. That, that, yeah. that, I'll, I'll, I'll take that one then since you've stolen the Thames Television line. Yeah, that's right. a great line now. Yeah, I, I mentioned just earlier the, the, the line, we must go to the land of the living dead. And 
uh, we're not going to Bognor again. I thought that was quite fun. <laughs> not knowing anything about Bognor, the response told me enough to know that was a funny line. It's a seaside so. town in Sussex, I think. It's down on the south coast. It's just such a wonderfully onomatopoeic name for a place, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that it's actually Bognor Regis because mm. King George V, I think, went, went down there to convalesce for a period. So it had a royal connection. Mm. I, I had two. My, my, I think the high point of, of Graham being the given, was, as I said, was a bit rude on the car bonnet being the organ grinder's monkey. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really funny. The other one I had was where they're doing the horoscope. And Bill says, you'll meet a short, fat man, it'll be no help oh, at all. Yeah. <laughs> There are a lot of good gags in this one. Yeah. It really, I really enjoyed this episode. And Graham's actually not a bad magician either. When he's doing the... Uh, the tube. Uh, the yeah. tube and everything like that. He's got his assistant... Uh, and well, yeah, distracting everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, he's actually not that's a bad magician. Yeah. And, 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 and I think it was either Bill or Tim says, I've seen Sooty do better when he's doing his uh, magic tricks. Right. Yeah. Easy whizzy, let's get busy. Easy whizzy, let's get busy. <laughs> I think it's telling that even though this is a largely Graham's episode, I don't think it's his best material but even so he does elevate it oh I think so again I had to note here actually under the tropes it, it's again one of the trio turning and, and the other two having to stop yes. him yeah and, and more usually it's Graham on this occasion yes so we all enjoyed it in the end yes oh, I think you've actually turned me around no really <laughs> <laughs> I think Patricia Hayes did turn me off at the beginning but I think as we talk through so the sequences yeah there's, there's... and there's some great moments in it I think it's probably one of the better ones of Series 3. Oh, I think it's probably the best of Series Yeah. Well, I think if anything could knock the, uh, this off as being the best episode, it could be next week's, which will be for those in peril on the sea. We, we might be going to have another divergence of opinion here, but okay. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to next week's. <laughs> and who knows, when before next week's episode, you might just take a walk in a black forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. Virgins. Yes, sir. But she's got a beard. That's why she's a virgin. Fair enough. <laughs>